Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. If you're looking for news, tips, and stories about fishing the Great Lakes, you've come to the right place. And now your host, Chris Larson. Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast. Today, our guest is Ross Robertson. He is a charter captain on Lake Erie, a fishing guide, and a guy who knows all about the topic we're going to talk about today, which is transducer placement. Ross, thanks for joining the show. Thanks for having me. Transducer placement, that's the not hot topic that should be. <laughs> it's not a sexy thing, but when you talk to people like you and do the things that you do, uh, you find out that it's very, very important. It's something that I don't think uh, the casual angler probably thinks a lot about, but it's something they should. Ross, why is transducer placement important? I mean, I can tell you stories, man. I mean, just backing up a hair bit, you know, I've done walleye schools where we, you know, focus on the electronics section and you get guys that come up and say, hey, man, you know, my brand X electronics are junk. And, you know, I personally run hummingbirds and they're telling me, hey, I should buy a hummingbird. And, you know, there's a lot of good electronics out there. You know, when you go look at the back of this guy's boat and I've literally seen where the transducer has been up 45 degrees because the guy said, well, yeah, it'll, it'll hit stuff if it's down. You know, the guy doesn't even have it in the water. You know, he says, why am I marking, you know, I'm in 900 feet. And, it's your eyes and your ears. If you don't provide that signal in, in the right location, you can't get, it doesn't matter what kind of screen you got. It doesn't matter if you got mega imaging or anything like that. You, you've got to give the eyes a, a chance to do its thing. So, What's the number one tip that you have for people when they come up to you and say they're not sure if they have it right? What's the number one tip that you give people? Micro adjustments. You, you will not believe it. it a game of minutia when you change both the angle and the height. Now we're assuming that we're talking about a skimmer transducer because, you know, most people generally speaking that, you know, if it's going to be a skimmer numbers wise and you won't believe it just how much up or down or changing that angle is going to affect that, that picture because really what it comes down to is, is that thing out of the water too much at speed or is it in the water too much? Because it's all about air bubbles or just not giving a clear picture. So things like if you have an aluminum boat, you know, you've got rivet lines, you've got chines, things that are going to cause air pockets in there or, or water bubbles are just a bad deal. You know, drains, things coming off your boat. And there are certain boat manufacturers, I'm lucky, you know, I've got a ranger, they build that boat to have transducers put on it. You know, I've got four in the back of my boat just because I test different things and do different things. I primarily just use two, but they've got a lot of really good placement areas, you know, for that. And some boats don't, and you have to get a little more creative. Yeah, where where should people mount their their transducer when they're looking at the back of their boat and trying to figure out uh, where to put it? Where do you recommend? What are some things that people should look for and things that they should study before they start uh, marking places, spots out? Well, you know, like okay, so I run a Ranger six twenty two. It's fiberglass boat, but even with that, you know, there's another guy maybe in Minnesota that's going to have a six twenty two same boat, and he's going to want to have a different setup because what he's doing. So really, got to take into consideration what's most important to you. You know, I primarily fish on the Great Lakes, so marking at speed is my deal. I want to narrow down water. So I put my transducer to the left of my big engine near the drain plug. And there's a lot of videos out there. You guys can go see exactly where I'm talking about. Um, but, you know, again, that's right where my kicker's at. So when I'm fishing, I'm not going to get as clear a picture with that. But for me, I don't care. You know, and, and I used to put a transducer switch in and then have a transducer on the opposite side when I was fishing so I could see that little bit clearer picture. But I've kind of learned that that stuff's not as important. I'm using my side imaging more when I'm actually fishing. And that transducer's on the flip side, and it's up higher. So it's actually out of water when I'm running. 
So the, the big thing is just to consider everything that you have going on there, but then also be realistic. You know, if you have trim tabs back there, you may only have one spot to put a transducer in. So you have to think about, you know, what's most important to you. Maybe you have to use a combination of, of through hauls. Uh, maybe you have to use a transducer switch. Um, and, and depending on the, the manufacturer, like I know there's another manufacturer that a lot of guys use and they're like two and one or three and one or whatever transducer is just doesn't seem to mark as well at speed. It does everything, but it doesn't do that as well. And again, so that's, that's important to me, but that may not be important to you or somebody else. Yeah. That's one thing that I found interesting. I did some Lake Erie fishing last fall and here in, in Wisconsin and Minnesota, I'm kind of right on the border. We fish our inland lakes. We're not cruising around the lake at 30 miles an hour looking for fish. And that was the thing that really stunned me when I was out on Lake Erie last year is that we basically drove around at 30 miles an hour looking for pods of fish before we even put lines down. Um, yeah, I mean, just you can, interesting way that you guys do it and that uh, being able to see fish at speed is really, really important. It's a game changer. You know, some Minnesota guys actually taught me that game. Dave Hansen and Gary Roach, we used an old flasher back in the day. And it, it's, it's like caveman technology when you think about it, because we had to stare at that thing and, you know, driving into, you know, potentially logs or waves and things like that. And you only have like one second and then it's gone where now we've got that nice memory. Um, you know, I've got a big 12 inch screen. I can see that. I can see that water column really good. I can see, you know, the last five or six seconds if I am, you know, looking for um, obstructions and such. So it's a lot safer too. But I mean, I tell people this to the blue in the face. They just don't listen. It's amazing because it is absolutely something that can make you a better fisherman overnight. You know, me and you can jig fish together for six months and still maybe not even be any better because that's kind of an acquired skill set and, you know, muscle memory. If you're fishing where there are no fish, you ain't going to outfish me. I mean, it's plain and simple. So you want to do it at one, if you want to try to find fish at one to two miles an hour or you want to find them at 30, it's just simple odds. So there's really no one size fits all spot to, to mount a transducer, something that people really need to take a look at the boat and what they've got going on. There's not, I mean, there, there are so many factors and that's why, you know, it's, it's not understood well, I think. And I can even tell you, there's a, there's a huge Marine dealer right near me that a buddy just bought a boat from. And he had that transducer on a 45 or he didn't, but when he bought it, you know, I mean, we're talking about a very, very expensive boat and you know very expensive electronics and he had that transducer the dealer did rather mounted on a 45 degree angle <laughs> like literally it was following the contour of, of the glass you know on the hall and i just thought you know how, how did how does a, a major dealer let out the door let alone other people seeing that they bring it in for service and they just think hey that's okay i, I mean obviously it's not going to mark i mean it's going to shoot out into the oblivion um so it's angle, it's height. Um, the other thing that you really have to take into consideration that I think a lot of people still don't understand is you don't, you don't necessarily want your transducer flush or flat, okay? Because you want it flush or flat when you're driving. So that's why I said it's going to be different for everybody. People always are giving me a hard time. I mean, I'll have my buddies, I've got a 400 horse on the back of my boat, and I generally don't drive much more than 25, 30 miles an hour on my boat, plain and simple. But for me, again, you save a few bucks, but in reality, when I'm coming in, I often find the fish, you know, or maybe where they move to. A lot of times I find my fish for the next day on my way in. And on the way out, you know, guys run out there and find out their fish moves. Well, hell, they probably could have drove, drove right over them. And yes, you can mark fish at 30, 40 miles an hour. Realistically, I would say a good number would be 25 miles an hour if you everything's set up. That you're you're going to get the best picture and you're just not going to miss too much because of, of interference or just the fact that you're just uh you know angles as you turn the boat and such there's a lot of things that can go wrong but 
I guess the point of this is, because I sometimes ramble, is you want that transducer flush at those speeds that you're driving. So even if it's, you know, you got a couple guys that got their boat loaded down, they're bigger boys, that boat angle that you're riding at, if you can kind of picture this, is going to be where the bow is up more and the stern is down more. Or maybe potentially if the guy's running guns out, it's going to be flatter. Or if it's rough, you know, there's a lot of different things to take into consideration. But you want that transducer flat at whatever boat speed or angle that that hull is traditionally or typically going to be running at, if that makes sense. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people say to make those adjustments properly, you really need to put the boat in the water. How, how do you make those adjustments and how do you decide how to move it, when to move it, and where to move it? Again, incremental stuff. You know, this this new uh, pro model Ranger. I've had I probably owned twenty some Rangers in my life, and I kind of got it down where they go. You know, for the most part, the the six hundred series, the the back end hasn't changed that much as far as what we're considering with transducer stuff. Um, this new FS uh, Pro model has it's got a different back end, and it's got some trim tab options and things. It's it's got some flat spots where it used to be rounded, so there's more options. But I for some I don't know what reason. I was getting some interference and I just wasn't happy. So I actually moved my transducer four times. Now keep in, keep in mind, I did take pictures of this and you, you can't tell. You look at all four pictures, you can't tell which one is which because it was just incremental. But what you can tell the difference on is the picture on my graph. Because you know when I started off, it just kept getting you know, different and different. So I actually raised the transducer up a little bit higher than I've done in the past. But again, we're talking you know, maybe between a 16th and an eighth of an inch. You know, and that much makes a difference because it's no different than I use the analogy with guys when they say that doesn't make a difference. I say, well, hang something below your boat, even put a decal on your boat and then hang it a half inch below the water line and see when that water constantly grabs that over miles upon miles. It'll rip that thing right off. It'll rip screws right out of your boat. So it's the same thing with a little plastic transducer. They're just that, that right amount of water flow going over. It's going to make all the difference. Yeah, the, I think probably the scariest thing for people when they think about putting a transducer on their boat is drilling into their boat. Do you have any advice for drilling and, and doing the actual mounting part for people that uh, may be afraid to take a drill to their boat? Well, I, great question. You know, I just dealt with this, that buddy of mine who I mentioned had the transducer on a 45 degree angle. You know, it's a, it's a big, it's a big, big boat. And, but it's a, it's a giant center console is what it is. And he's asking me and I said, man, I, I don't know. You know, we're talking about a game of minutia and I'm not going to start drilling in your boat. Um, so what we did do is, is we put a large transducer board on it, okay, and then we, uh, we just figured that we can move that around, you know, we've got that sacrificial board. Uh, but before we even get started, like I told him, and it was funny because of the end result, it's actually a really good story, it just took place a couple days ago. Um, I, said, I told him, I said, man, you don't understand, this is, he's like, oh, it'll be fine, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. So we put it where it kind of should have been. Well, it turns out there's a drain pickup, a pickup and a drain on this boat, and it was hidden by the bunk. So I had told them before we started this whole process, I said, call the manufacturer. These guys have drilled, you know, they've got a dealer network. They've got people that have done this wrong a hundred times. Now, granted, there's a lot of people that just don't really know because they're not into this. But I said, call and find out. Well, sure enough, you know, I did my research as I'm crawling around there in a creeper, but hidden by the bunk, because this boat traditionally isn't, isn't trailered, you know, but we had it on a trailer working at the shop. Um, the bunks covered up these intakes and, and these, and, and that was the difference. So we had to, you know, move that thing over while it's still red. And a lot of people may have been happy with that return. You know, he knew from looking at my stuff, like, Hey, I've got the same unit you do. I know I can get better results with that. So um, again, every boat is going to be different. It really is. And, and that's why consulting a dealer that knows what's going on and don't assume they all do just like anything else in life, uh, but also the boat manufacturer. I think I probably would go to them before I would 
an individual dealer unless you're very confident with that. Because again, most guys at a dealership, let's be honest, they aren't fishing 200 days a year like I am, and they don't understand about reading at 30 miles an hour. Like that's not, they just want to see bottom, hey, there's fish on there. That's a typical customer. I'm not busting chops, but that's just the reality. But if you want to fine tune that, you've got to take it to the next level. Sure. Well, Ross, we've been talking about a, a subject that's not very sexy, but I think no. it, most of the main points, is there something I didn't ask you about that's important about transducer placement and mounting? Um, you know, make sure, I mean, it's kind of common sense stuff, but if you haven't done it, you don't know. Um, make sure that, you know, you secure your cables because those things tend to grab stuff and they can rip it right off the boat. Um, you don't need to put a million in there. I see some guys put them every couple inches. That's not necessary, but make sure you secure them. Um, you know, like Hummingbird, they come with some little, little cap straps, if you will. Uh, you can get those at hardware stores. They're very inexpensive, made out of nylon. And make sure you silicone all of the holes that you're putting in there because I have had it where a buddy of mine forgot to, uh, you know, put a screw in a hole. He drilled an extra one. And I can tell you that boat, we thought we were going down and it's this tiny, tiny pinhole. We never dreamed that that's what it was. And, um, you know, just little things like this are the big things. And that's why I think people have problems with it because they just don't assume that some of these things could actually be as big of a factor as they are. Awesome, Ross. If people want to get out in the water with you, see what your electronics are all about, how they work and how you get everything set up in your boat when they're going to do some fishing with you, how do they uh, get a hold of you and find out more about your charter? Bigwaterfishing.com, all one word, bigwaterfishing.com. We're on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and all that good stuff, and lots of things at the Fish Hawk page, too. Yeah, you've got a, a couple good videos on your YouTube channel uh, talking about exactly this topic. So if people want to see this visually, what we're talking about, it's a good place to go is the Big Water Fishing YouTube channel. Ross Robertson, thanks for joining the show today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. For more information on fishing the Great Lakes, visit our blog at fishhawkelectronics.com.